This is Arab Talk with Jess and Jamal on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. I'm Jess Nam. And this is Jamal Dejani. Happy New Year to our listeners. Uh, we're broadcasting our 2019 predictions from Jess and Jamal on Arab Talk. And we want to wish, first of all, our listeners a wonderful, blessed, happy, and healthy new year for 2019. And I should say that we are uh, both on uh, both sides of the coast. I'm on the East Coast and you're on the West Coast. So we will be covering the entire United States. And and actually beyond. And beyond. And beyond. So Jamal, just, just to begin with... Um, you know, we made a series of predictions last year, and, you know, some of them came true. Some of them, you know, didn't come true. I think one of the ones that did not come true was that I had predicted that, um, you know, Jared Kushner would, would be indicted in 2018. It turned out not to be true. We also predicted ongoing significant destabilization you know, in North Africa, the Middle East, and the Arab world. That unfortunate prediction did come true. But a lot has happened since we did that initial uh, prediction some year ago. And a lot has changed. A lot has happened. A lot is happening even as we speak right now. So I think predicting for 2019 is going to end up being very interesting. That's right, Jess. But we're not far off, even when you spoke about Jared Kushner. I think the news is tightening. Uh, I mean, just just take a, a survey uh, of all Trump's men and women who either quit, got fired, or are indicted. I mean, this is the, the president who said he was going to hire the best, right? <laughs> so this is this is this was his one of his campaign promises. But I want to actually talk about. I want to start talking about one of his more uh, actually talking about uh, about his most important campaign promise, which will be his demise. And I, I and I have to say, just to remind our listener of another former president who made also a promise. And I'll start by saying by who said, read my lips, (laughs) no more taxes. And Trump's wall will be George Herbert Walker Bush's promise. And this, this is the only item that will bring him down, aside from all these indictments, but I believe... I believe, and we're seeing the effect, and and he's been trying to finagle his way. Remember, Trump said that he'll build a wall and Mexico will pay for it. And now, as you and I are talking, we have a government shutdown because he wants close to $6 billion to build that wall Right. when he said that Mexico will pay for it. And, and I'm seeing, I've just been reading, even his, some of his stronger supporters are criticizing him, and he has no way out. He has no way out. This is the one lie, and he lies on a daily basis. 
And I feel that will bring down his presidency. Either, you know, he's going to lose the 2020 elections if, right, if right. this issue continues, right. or it could be an impeachment or something like this, because this is the most important promise he had made, and it, it's not going to happen. Well, let me you know? let me just try to pin you down a little bit because I think you um, you're you're basically suggesting two and possibly more predictions. Number one, are you predicting that the wall will not be built? And number two, are you predicting the the impeachment or downfall or demise of Donald Trump in two thousand nineteen? Well, uh, both. I, I'm I'm saying. The wall will not be built. And I'm saying the wall that he had promised. Now, they'll try They'll try to whitewash this by saying, well, it's going to be partially security fence. Other parts, it's a cement wall and what have you. But they are not going to be able to complete that agenda when he said that he was going to build a wall. That's number one. And that Mexico will pay for it. Two... I don't know how will the American people and and especially those who actually supported Donald Trump are going to accept that we as American taxpayers will pay for this wall. And believe me, five billion dollars will not be enough or six right. billion dollars. Right. It's going to be far more than this because it's not just about wall. It's about security. It's putting more resources in having more border patrol and all kinds of things in order to achieve what he wants to do, which is basically create, you know, a whole, you know, obstacle, let's right. say, for illegal uh, immigration into this country. So you, you actually have uh, made two very stunning predictions, Jamal. And you, you're well, and then that's what I said. Then the, the, exactly the second part, because of the wall, he is going to lose, I think, part of his base support. Right. He's definitely losing that part within the U.S. Congress uh, and and other politicians. It has to filter down to his base support amongst the voters when they say when they see that this guy just keeps selling them basically empty promises. And and so that will affect the re-election campaign. But coupled with the investigation and other things, anything could happen. Right. Because, as I said, the news is tightening. More evidence is going to show. And those who were indicted like uh, Cohen, they have been singing like a bird. <laughs> we don't know what information they are going to provide. And and I will even take it a step further. You know, the party, meaning the, the Republican Party now, now uh, which is weakened because they don't control the um, the House, basically. Right. They might they, they might actually see him as a weakened president and they might abandon him like they've abandoned Richard Nixon. And he may want to cut a deal with them. So he wants basically to protect himself and to protect his family. Well, that's that's very interesting. I am going to agree with one of the predictions and, and join you on that prediction that the wall will not be built in 2019. On your second prediction about the downfall of Donald Trump in 2019, 
I'm going to take the contrarian view. And the contrarian view is that um, Donald Trump will survive in 2019. He will survive to live another day in 2019. I agree with you completely. And this will get into some of the other predictions that we have about 2019, that that legal noose from Robert Mueller will continue to tighten. But I predict well, that is, this, this is a two part. What I'm saying, he may survive. I think I'm, he I'm will survive. But I don't think he'll survive 2020. Okay. Now, That's my prediction. Okay. I mean, the, on the extreme, 2019 will be terrible for Donald Trump on all fronts, that it's going to make his reelection campaign very difficult. Yes. And now it's up to the Democrats to come with a good alternative. And exploit that weakness. Okay, then maybe we're then maybe we're not that far off because I do believe it's going to be a difficult year. And um, but I don't believe that he will be removed from office in 2019. Now that gets me to I'm going to make my my first prediction for 2019. And as a backdrop for that, I'm going to point to the fact that uh, you know with the Robert Mueller. Uh, investigation. Like you said, Michael Cohen has been singing like a bird. Roger Stone most likely is going to be indicted. Um, Jerome Corsi looks like he's going to get indicted. We know that uh, Weisselberg, who's the chief financial officer for the Trump organization, uh, has been singing like a bird. So my not so surprising prediction is that, in fact, Jared Kushner and I will say possibly even Donald Trump Jr. will be indicted in 2019. That's Well, this will expedite my prediction. Should this happen? <laughs> I mean, how close can you get to Donald Trump if you indict Jared Kushner and his son, basically? Yeah. Maybe potentially his daughter also. Right. I mean, if you look at if you look at what's been happening. The New York State uh, AG, you know, in the report that that came out that that basically sh is is shutting down the the Trump Foundation, and basically said that they've been committing illegalities for years, if not decades, that led the Trump uh, Foundation to basically close its doors, and they basically put the finger and the blame, the legal blame for this illegality on the Trump Foundation on the officers of the Trump Foundation. The officers are Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Ivanka Trump, and his other son, and maybe his other daughter. But it's basically the Trump children and Trump himself as the officers of the foundation that had to close its doors because of years, as I said, if not decades of illegality. So all of this, you know, this charade, if you will, of Trump uh prowess as a businessman is going to be crashing down in 2019. Every single one, Jamal, of Trump's organizations, whether it's the foundation, whether it's the corporation, whether it's the international kind of real estate entities that, it, that it's been, you know, using which to what I believe are to launder money, we're going to find out that this you know, this house of cards, if you will, of the Trump uh, empire is going to fall. And as an ancillary prediction, Jamal, I do believe that the Democrats are going to uh, subpoena 
his tax records, and we're going to find out, again, prediction, that uh, Donald Trump has been laundering, not him personally, but his organizations, millions, if not billions of dollars over the last couple of decades. Well, uh, I think I think you're right uh, on all of this. Uh, and and that's this is actually, uh, like I said, more reasons <laughs> right. uh, for people to just, if anything, to kind of, uh, you know, keep their distance right from from uh, Donald Trump. And I see this happening. We're seeing this happening because of the wall, because of the economy. That's another thing. I mean, we haven't been hearing Donald Trump saying, asking people about their 401ks. <laughs> yeah, remember, he was taunting right. that last year. He was riding the coattail or riding the wave of the Obama administration success uh, on the economy. And this year, uh, people um, are very nervous. Uh, they're seeing even with the recent rallies uh, during the Christmas um, break, we're still down, right, on right. all fronts as far as the stock market. And so he's not taunting this. Uh, right. People no. are, right. The federal government is shut down. He's going to own this. He's trying to distance himself and blame it on Schumer, but that's not working. And so a lot of people are hurting who are working for, for the government. And I'm going to now bring another prediction, which will also add to his demise. And I will connect this to Israel because my other prediction is Benjamin Netanyahu will see his last year. And oh, there, yeah. is a, there is a very high chance that in this spring, he will no longer be prime minister and his uh, coalition government will collapse. Well, you took one of my predictions, Jamal, because and, and, I, you know, I was going to connect this aside. You know, yeah. And of course, Benjamin Netanyahu has his own issues separately, but there is a, a, a connecting a connecting point. And, and then so we'll talk about first his his issues, as you know, similar to Donald Trump. Right. He's just like inches away maybe even millimeters away from getting indicted. I believe, right? but Jamal, I believe that uh, last week he did get indicted. Yeah, but but no, I mean, he didn't I mean, get the, his, full, his the wife, full probe. So, so his he got, is... His wife was indicted. His wife was indicted. And this is the third time that the Israeli police have recommended that the prime minister himself be put on trial uh, on corruption charges. Right. So, so if he's been the Teflon prime minister, uh, just to borrow from uh, the Reagan era. Right. Uh, so nothing has been sticking on him. But I think this time they'll nail him. I think you're right. And, and, and similarly to Donald Trump, his coalition has been crumbling. People are deserting him. And he's been weakened. And we're seeing even challenges from within his own party and the far right and the, the, the Likudniks are going to be challenging him. And that's why he called for early elections, because he doesn't want this to drag on for, for much long, that he's been uh, calling for early elections, yes. Yes. And because of this, uh, the, the, the attacks on him 
uh, have have increased. So my prediction, because of his internal issues within the government, uh, this is a, when it comes at a precarious time for Netanyahu and his right-wing coalition, which holds a very slim majority in Israel's right. Knesset or right. Parliament. Right. So, so he's been receiving a lot of pushback from the Israeli hawks because of the because he negotiated the ceasefire uh, in Gaza with Hamas. Right. Also, the what's going on with uh, the uh, issue on Syria, and that's uh, and that's why Secretary of Defense Pompeo. He met with Netanyahu. He was shocked and this is and stunned by the declaration right, to remove the troops. By Trump saying that he was just going to leave. So now they're negotiating basically with him. I mean, with negotiating with Trump to postpone the right. uh, the right. departure from Syria by ninety days or or, or more, hundred days. But hold on to that, Jamal, because I want to. Um I want to just kind of play off a little bit on your prediction, which I think is going to be 100% correct, that next year, this year, 2019, will be Benjamin Netanyahu's last year. What I'll add to that is that he will get indicted and um, go through a lengthy trial. I don't know if it'll be successful, but he will get indicted. And what I'd like to add to that is that the Israeli Knesset will do two things. It will go further to the right, and you might see your 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 friend uh, Avigdor Lieberman become the next prime minister, which is a, another one of my predictions for 2019, and a lurching to the right, if you can get any more further to the right of the Israeli uh, um, political elite. So that's going to be my ancillary prediction to yours. Well, I don't think Lieberman will make it. Uh, even I, I think he he has been weakened, and there are other understanding Israeli politics. There are other players, so it's going to be a crowded horse race. It will be very crowded. It's going to be a crowded one. I don't think you know Avigdor Lieberman. Of course, he will always get the settlers' votes. Uh, he he's a settler himself, right? Uh, From and Moldova, he get their, their, and and they've been getting stronger. They they're about eight hundred thousand strong, which is big. And uh, but I I don't think he will be able to build a coalition because at the end of the day, it's a little bit different than uh, you know what we have here in the United States electing a president right right it's it's about building a coalition and getting the majority okay. in in that, the in the Knesset it's just I my, don't think he'll be able to do that it's just my uh, prediction I could be wrong okay i haven't seen i haven't seen someone who i can tell you who will be the rising star because even within the labor party in israel they also have a split Right. They're fighting amongst themselves. And so the dust have to settle a little bit. But at the end, and this could be a big bonus uh, for Netanyahu. And this is how he survived by divide and conquer, basically, because all the other uh, key players have been weak. 
and and so so but something will emerge because he has now so many charges and sooner or later they'll start sticking uh, a slight uh, difference of opinion on that one but what i will also make as long as we're in the region right i predict that 2019 will be the last year of rule for Mahmoud Abbas Abu Mazen, the leader of the Palestinian Authority. This is one of my bold predictions for 2019. There have been increasing reports of unhappiness, even in Ramallah, the uh, the seat of the Palestinian uh, government on, in the West Bank. People are starting to show, um, how shall we say, restlessness. I mean, there's always been restlessness in the West Bank, but even among some of his supporters, are beginning to voice publicly their restlessness and unhappiness with Abu Mazen. So I predict 2019, Jamal, we're going to see a change in leadership for the Palestinian Authority. Well, I don't know about this. (laughs) Uh, Because he certainly uh, has proven himself to be a, a survivor. Yes. Right? Yes. So every year, every year people will say this is year, including on health reasons. Every year people will say, you know, he's getting too old, he's not going to make it, etc. And then every year he makes it because it's a little bit uh, more complicated. Uh, I would, I would, I, I cannot go with this prediction. Okay. And and we don't have a, you know, if, if, if discuss it actually a little bit in more details, right? So you have an issue here. And the big issue is because of his making and because of the whole Oslo group, there is a split amongst the Palestinians, a split between Fatah and Hamas, a split between the West Bank and Gaza, right? Right. So, so, so we are you know, very far from having a unity government where all the Palestinians in the West Bank and Gaza can participate in its election. So he basically, because of the split, elections have been postponed multiple times. They keep promising to have elections. Right. And and, And this is how he lasted for so long because... You don't have elections. Hamas is pretty much entrapped within Gaza because of the siege. So uh, they take advantage of Hamas's isolation. And Hamas within the West Bank is weak. I mean, aside from certain enclaves in Hebron and maybe a little bit in Nablus, uh, they don't have a strong base within the West Bank to threaten Fatah, which is... Mahmoud Abbas's party. Right. And so as long as Mahmoud Abbas's party, which is Fatah, are still attached to him and they still support him, he could be sitting on that seat till he turns 100 years old. <laughs> uh, you know, because, uh, you know, people make up stories about the health issue and then he rebounds and he's back. So I don't see, I mean, I don't see having uh, legitimate elections where you can unseat him in a democratic way. I don't see Fatah relinquishing its hold over Ramallah and the West Bank. 
and he's in a weakened status, but not completely collapsed. So the only way weakened weakened financially, because uh, I would say the only thing that will accelerate this is if major donors like Saudi Arabia and the EU abandon the Palestinian Authority. Well, see, that's... So now they're keeping him on life support, and you right. know, you could live, right. stay on life support for many years. But here, here's, here's, it's part of this global picture that I think is going to be happening for 2019, so bear with me just one minute. Because of some of the other predictions that are coming down uh, later in the show regarding Saudi Arabia and what's going to happen there, my general prediction is that there's going to be significant destabilization far greater than we've ever seen in recent memory in, in the region, having to do with, I believe, this is going to get to like one of my other predictions, a collapse in Saudi Arabia, a coup attempt. I don't know if it will be successful, but significant destabilization in Saudi Arabia. The price of oil comes down. And as a result, the financial support that Abu Mazen has enjoyed over the years, which has given him that power, Jamal, because he controls the purse strings of a lot of salaries, that there's going to be kind of a domino effect. And I think we're just going to see so much unrest uh, in the in 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 Ramallah and in the West Bank. That's that's kind of behind what I believe my prediction that Abu Mazen is not going to make it in 2019. Okay, we'll see about this. Uh, I, I I don't see it uh, okay. on the horizon. I understand the changes in Saudi Arabia, but then the changes in Saudi Arabia may mean, and we'll talk about the changes in Saudi Arabia, uh, and, and they may mean a change in the guards within the House of Saud. Yes. Remember. Yes. So that replace a prince with another prince, a right. king with another king. Their last name is Saud. Uh, he, that person is not going to come from outside the family, and and so on the international arena, uh, they may not have a lot of change. I think, and if we want to move on to MBS, of course we know MBS is but in hold trouble. On, just hold on one second, Jamal. Okay, because we have to let our listeners know that you're listening to KPOO in San Francisco at eighty nine point five FM. You're watching us on uh, Facebook, Facebook Live. Uh, on Jamal Dejani 2, YouTube Live, and uh, we're right here at KPOO uh, 89.5 streaming on KPOO.com. So, yes, let's get to your next prediction about that, Jamal. So before, and I, I want to also talk about Syria, but yeah. uh, if we are talking, let, let's, let's talk a little bit about the, what's going to happen in Saudi Arabia. Okay. We know uh, the, the, well, internally now, the last thing that happened in Saudi Arabia, they, uh, um, they've been reshuffling people around Mohammed bin Salman. So Mohammed bin Salman has not been touched, but the people around him, including their foreign minister, right. Adel al-Jubair, right. who, who, who has been a, very loyal to Mohammed bin Salman and his father, uh, King Salman, and, and his predecessors, predecessors, they pushed him aside now and replaced him by a new foreign minister. So they're shifting the blame, saying there is the problem here. Uh, I mean, the issue around the, uh, of course, the murder of uh, Jamal Khashoggi did not come from the royal palace, 
but rather guess from where from the foreign ministry right this is like kind of saying uh, the issues are not because of the white house but because of the state department right so they're shifting the blame on the foreign ministry and of course because the murder happened in their consulate right in uh, istanbul and that falls under the foreign ministry who is the head of the foreign ministry adel al-jubair and therefore they axed him and gave him a uh, another job they didn't get rid of him completely to shelter Mohammed bin Salman. So internally, the decision, they've been circling the wagons around Mohammed bin Salman, trying to protect him. They're hoping that the PR or the negative PR uh, about uh, Jamal Khashoggi will dwindle. And it started to disappear. I mean, I don't it's, know. Not, it's not as much in the news in 2019, I don't expect it to be in the news or in the same intensity that we, we've seen last year. And also, I think the survival of MBS is dependent on the survival of <laughs> Donald Trump. Exactly. So the two are connected. Absolutely. But Absolutely. what will happen internally? And to Benjamin Netanyahu, by the way. And to Benjamin Netanyahu. But internally, I think if anything go is going to happen, and because uh, I think the decision will, 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 will lie at the longevity of the king himself, the father, and who we know he has not been doing well, he's not in great health. So should the king die, and the plan was to have Mohammed bin Salman become become a king. This is when the trouble will happen. This is within the yes. House of Saud. They might try to shift to another brother or a cousin. So, do you think? So, I'm going to push you on the. I'm going to push you on the prediction. Is your prediction for 2019, Jamal, that? The, this will be the king's last year and there will be significant destabilization? I'm not sure about this to make that prediction, but I know that there is a weekend now, uh, House of Saud, because of, of, because of the heir to the throne. And you know, the price of oil is going down significantly. And, and, and therefore, they might become more pragmatic, meaning the House of Saud. Okay. And they'll make the decision themselves. To, okay. To change Mohammed bin Salman. Yeah, I, I just, I just don't see. You know, I think you're exactly right. I think uh, primarily because he, Mohammed bin Salman, has hitched his wagon to Jared Kushner and Donald Trump, as has Benjamin Netanyahu. So as Netanyahu, Trump, and Kushner go, so does MBS. And based on our predictions earlier in the show. These are not going to be good years for Netanyahu, Trump, or Kushner. I can't see that it's going to be a good year for the and crown. You know, and you know, the other thing, aside from the negative publicity because of the Jamal Khashoggi, which everyone knows about, Mohammed bin Salman is not well-liked amongst his cousins. And He's not. He put them all in jail. Of Saud. He put them in jail. He put them in jail. He, he took, he he took their the money. money. 
and and so he doesn't have internal support and those who actually appear in front of cameras to say something uh, positive about him they're saying this because of fear not because of love and this is important so their loyalty is because they are afraid to say something wrong which will tick him off and so the minute they find an opening a weakness they will get rid of him yes. and that's why he is very vulnerable he is and and, and if he loses and he lost most of his international support except for the United States and Israel basically right if he loses at uh, Donald Trump Jared Kushner he's gone well they get rid of him well I'm 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 thinking that in the New York minute no (laughs) that's why I think just because of the kind of co-occurrence of all these things happening at the same time Jamal I am not confident that Mohammed bin Salman will be the crown prince nor the king by the end of 2019. Okay, I've got another prediction for you. All right. You kind of alluded you kind of alluded to it earlier in the show. I predict that 2019 we are going to initiate if not kind of slide into a significant recession in the United States and a significant drop in the stock market. And um, this is going to be the biggest, I believe, kind of um, uh, 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 thing that will embattle uh, Trump politically, not legally, because legally he's going to be in trouble. But politically, the downfall of the stock market, which is already, you know, Jamal, 2018 turned out to be the greatest loss in the stock market in over 10 years. Today, we got some really bad news about China's lack of growth it's hitting the stock market in the United States very hard. And I think what this kind of suggests, looking at a lot of different factors, this is going to be a very dark year, not only for the stock market, but for the economy. And I predict we start a recession in 2019. That's a terrible prediction. I know, man. It's it's terrible. Everyone in the, in the United States. It is terrible. I it's understand terrible. The, uh, the part of talking about... Uh, the stock market is one issue, but when you talk about a recession, a full-fledged recession, this means also jobs, right? housing market, everything. Well, the housing market has slowed down, as you know. Um, here in Northern California, there just came a report of a pretty significant slowdown in housing sales, which is not good. Interest rates for mortgages are, are rising, so it's harder. And... You know, let's not forget that, uh, you know, it may be a small thing in the larger economy, but the auto industry, especially with GM closing five or six different plants, you know, there's some things happening, Jamal, that don't look very promising just in terms of the economy. uh, If anyone, you have to be blind not to see what's going on, especially on the stock market. I'm a little bit confused by the reports that we keep hearing that the the economy itself is sound. Um, unemployment is 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 very low, and and it it has maintained even 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 right in this whole stock market downturn. Right. The unemployment is is, is still still ve- very low. Uh, there are other factors, of course, because of uh, the stupid uh, 
uh, tweets by Donald Trump and and the issues uh, you know with China and and so forth. I will actually accept your prediction, except I might not say it's a full-fledged recession and it might last for maybe the first half of the year, Mm. this turmoil within the stock market and things will start kind of to stabilize. And I do believe things will even stabilize further if the public knows i i think at least from if they if 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 they have any kind of indication that someone more qualified will be in the white house than donald trump okay which means that which would means a change in 2020 yeah so that might kind of bring back the confidence well that's um that that's interesting jamal you know maybe that's one way we can uh both be you know both be uh, uh, correct on that prediction. I just think that by all kind of you know signs that we're looking at right now, that 2019 is going to be economically a very difficult time for the country, for the middle class especially. Uh, you have to remember that uh, the only thing that the Trump administration did in terms of their tax strategy was in fact to create an, a billion dollar giveaway to corp- to corporations, to American corporations who are not doing that well. Earnings are down. A lot of kinds, as I said, things around the edges don't look so great. We have the trade war with China going on. If that doesn't get resolved and the tariffs increase, which we'll find out more in the next month or so, it could be a pretty bad year for the average you know, middle-class American who has not really seen or reaped the benefits of the, you know, corporate uh, tax, uh, I'll call it just what it is, giveaway, um, you know, I don't know, it's going to be a tough year. That's all, that's my my general prediction. It's going to be will, a really tough... It will tough be a tough ride. It will definitely be a tough ride. But remember also, the average American is not invested in the stock market. They just want a job. They want to be able to pay their rent or their mortgage send their kids to school. So these highs and lows and billions of dollars, I mean, think about this. People have, some people have been making a lot of money and it's not you or me. <laughs> right. And it's like these large institutions, I mean, in these turns, like dips and highs, I mean, think, you know, stock market drops 1,000 points and then in a couple of days regains 1,000 points. So people who are doing those uh, short-term traders are making a lot of money. Right. And the average people, I mean, they'll be lucky if they have a retirement, if they have an IRA account invested in the stock market or a 401k. And and if you read the reports, most Americans don't have $10,000 to their name in savings. Right. No, that's a good point, Jamal. Average American. And so what will really hurt them is a full-fledged recession and and unemployment. So if they're unemployed, like you, you're, fami- you're familiar with a with with your home state, what happened in Michigan, right? People who work in the car industry, and all of a sudden they find themselves unemployed. Well, we don't have that as much in the West Coast, or, right. or where I'm now. I'm now in Boston area, where they're still enjoying, uh, you know, uh, low unemployment. Here. Right. 
But if this shifts, that will be a disaster. All right. So I'm going to go to uh, domestic politics here in the United States. Well, prediction. Oh, okay. What do you got? Because, and this is something we always spoke about. And this person, Syria, I want to take us back yeah, to yeah, Syria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which will play a major role in the demise of Donald Trump. What's your prediction? Benjamin Netanyahu. Well, my prediction is Assad will be in his seat. Absolutely. And they, this is someone... Bashar al-Assad, every year people say, this is his last year. He's not going He's anywhere. Finished. No. The war the war just got the best out of him. He's, you know, and he's getting stronger. So so now with, uh, which I think it's a good thing, by the way, in drawing the troops. Uh, I, I think it's crazy for those people who are upset that we should keep people, we should keep men on the ground in Syria. And, right. and uh, if anyone understood that, it was Barack Obama uh, who didn't want to send the troops there. Yeah, right. he interfered in different ways. But the United States should just stay out of it because there's nothing to be gained. And those who are shouting now and screaming uh, and complaining about Donald Trump, they just want to protect the interest of Benjamin Netanyahu. And that's why right. we saw... Bibi Netanyahu asked them to keep the troops, which I actually, I'm just going to cor- correct a statement. Donald Trump just said, okay, I'm keeping them for four more months. Right. So it's, so it's 120 days, not 100 days. They'll, be, they'll, they'll stay on the ground. Right. But with this happening and with the, uh, in, with the territory gained by Bashar al-Assad, and now we are seeing the Kurds are coming and talking to him and, and basically forming a coalition with him immediately after uh, ISIS withdrew or was defeated in certain areas. My prediction is that he'll remain in power. I mean, he's the one person, he probably will survive in power longer than Benjamin Netanyahu and longer than Donald Trump. Yep, I so, I think Jamal, I think you're one hundred percent correct. And I, but but also with this, because of this, this will also come to haunt Donald Trump. Absolutely. Either way, whether he keeps the troops and something happens, or he backtracks and decides to keep them after he made the promise, or when he withdraws the troops and then something happens within Syria. Because Iran is getting stronger in Syria. Russia is getting stronger in Syria. People will blame him. They'll say, look, you see, this is what you did. This is your doing. You, you've, you've weakened the coalition there that was facing uh, uh, Bashar al-Assad. It's your fault. Uh, he'll also get blamed by APAC. Right. And we know how an important role APAC plays in electing our leaders in this country, he'll, he'll, he'll get blamed big time uh, should this affect Israel in any in any way. So that's my prediction on that's Syria. A good, Jamal, I think that's an excellent prediction. I just want to extend on it a little bit. Not only will Bashar al-Assad uh, uh, be still president of Syria by the end of 2019, I also predict a resurgence, however, and this is a bad prediction, a resurgence of ISIS, ISIL, in the Maghreb and in Africa. 
Um, I'm I'm very worried about this. I think that the Trump policy uh, just internationally has left a huge vacuum. He's talking about, you know, reducing troops in, uh, you know, taking troops out of Afghanistan, reducing troops in Iraq. And what I think is going to happen is that you're going to see a resurgent ISIS-ISIL movement in the Maghreb and in Africa. And I think that's going to pretend very poorly uh, overall. I agree with you. I, I think uh, we haven't seen the end of the turmoil in the Middle East on all fronts. Yeah. So uh, even even some of the places that have some stability now, Egypt, for example, you know, and that charade court uh, <laughs> bringing uh, Hosni Mubarak to testify against uh, Morsi, which was very comical. By the way, it was yeah uh, that attempt to kind of uh, you know show that we are a democratic country here we're putting leaders and to kind of strengthen the position of Sisi. Uh, I don't think I don't think you know we're going to see stability there. And if you recall, just a few days ago there were right. att- there was an attack on tourists right there. Also, the situation in Libya and of course Yemen, which we didn't speak about. And this is a terrible, terrible situation. The onslaught continues despite all the calls, right. uh, you know, asking Saudi Arabia to stop this and the United States saying that we will not be refueling your planes. The onslaught continues and, and that cannot be good. So, Jamal, we only have, let's say, maybe five or six minutes left. And I want to make sure we get to some domestic political predictions. And I think, you know, first and foremost... You know, people are starting to announce that they're running for president. We had uh, Elizabeth Warren announce uh, just uh, yesterday, I think, that she's in the running for 2020 to be a the Democratic uh, nominee for the president. So I think we need to put our predictions in the ring. I have a prediction for 2019. I have the Dem- Democrat ticket that I believe will be taking on Donald Trump, and I'd like to share it as one of one of their predictions. I predict that the Democrat ticket and the two most likely candidates in 2020 will be Joe Biden, president, Kamala Harris, vice president, and that will be the ticket for 2020, and we'll know it in 2019. Wow. I mean that's an early prediction. I know. Well, this is the time. I mean this is this is this is very <laughs> early because the jockeying uh, is not complete. So repeat that again. My Who pre- you think the ticket will be? I think that uh, the ticket, and we we'll talk about why in a second here. But I do believe that the ticket. Let's just say this: two of the top front runners. For the Democrat ticket for 2020 that will emerge in 2019 will be Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, vice president, African-American senator, junior senator from California, um, very thoughtful, uh, very progressive vice president uh, on the ticket. And Joe Biden, one term as uh, the president, uh, presidential candidate in 2020. That's my prediction for 2019. What do you think? Well, I mean, you're. Uh, I mean, I see the Biden because everybody's saying that Biden is uh, now in the forefront, and then they bring uh, 
the na other names like Beto and who else now? Uh, Warren, Senator Warren. She's in the race. I don't know who else is joining. Uh, it's about 20 different about, people. What about the Bernie, Bernie factor? Well, I think Bernie is done, to be honest. I think, you know, Bernie is done and that we, we will see the end of the uh, Bernie Sanders uh, coalition. Uh, n not for any other reason other than that people do just do not perceive him to be electable on this cycle. Um, I think they're really looking for someone else just in terms of the general dynamic uh, of where the electorate is going right now, just both in general and on the Democratic side. And, um, you know, that's just just a hunch from basically kind of trying to read the tea leaves of, of what's happening right now. What well, we it, do makes, it makes sense. I mean, it's also the decision for, for uh, Biden to uh, select Kamala Harris. Right. You know, so, so that's, uh, I, I mean, it makes sense, but it also makes sense that they reach out to Bernie Sanders because he still has a base. And that was Hillary Clinton's mistake right. of alienating his base and saying, right. oh, we don't need your help. We can do it all on our own. Well, and, that's and what that's that, that then that might be aside from uh, Kamala Harris. Uh, I mean, when you start also talking about Biden, then we're back to the same old, same old. And I don't see the new ideas. Coming. Well, the new ideas would be bringing Kamala Harris, and the the Kamala Harris does appeal to Bernie Sanders voters. That's she's perceived as being very progressive. You know, California. I'm seeing you, I'm seeing you now uh, getting very California centric. <laughs> well, Your California centric side is coming. I mean, uh, unfor I uh, unfortunately, yes, but we just know, and you know this, Jamal, with the election of, you know, uh, Ocasio, with the election of Ilham, and with the election of Tlaib to the Congress, you know, these three powerhouse Except uh, I'm worried because now with the return of Nancy Pelosi, who kind of in a way dismissed or dissed them, saying no, you know, the people will move to the center and taking back the party to where it was. I don't believe that the Democratic Party, with having the leadership like Nancy Pelosi, even though now I'm attacking now the California-centric idea. She's also from <laughs> California. If she doesn't change, if she's going to say, well, the election of these uh, young women is just a fluke or something, and she doesn't embrace that we're having a change. Yeah, that could be a big problem. that change. And not just, I don't want to see us. I mean, when I see, actually, when I look at the meeting, even though, you know, people were hailing that meeting, seeing Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer sitting with Donald Trump. I'm like, really? I know. I mean, you're getting the old guards back in, you know, like now, you know, everyone who ha who worked hard to elect Democrats, to elect Ilham, to elect uh, uh, Ocasio, to elect the young uh, African-American, the first African-American governor and the first 
Native American and so forth. And then you look and you see, with all due respect, two white, rich individuals, right? Very wealthy individuals right. who represent the Democratic Party machine, doing all the negotiations and all the bidding on your behalf. Well, I'd like to see the so-called blue wave, which in, which turned up to be really, in my opinion, the, the pink wave, if you want to call it, has an effect. So we don't have the same the same old guards back in well, business. I that's why I think that's where Kamala Harris, I think Jamal, will end up being a very likely candidate. Hey, you know, we're, we, we're down to the wire here. So we came up with, with our predictions. We have lots of predictions. We want to ask our listeners to send us comments or their own predictions, which we will review and possibly even put on the air next week. But uh, send us your, your predictions to ArabTalk at kpoo.com. You know, and you can... You. Yeah. For listening yeah. to Arab Talk, be sure to visit our website, arabtalkradio.com, where you can both hear and watch the show. We live stream the show on Facebook at Jamal Dajani 2, uh, on Facebook uh, every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific time, and you can listen live at uh, KPOO. To make sure you don't miss an episode, please subscribe to our podcast through Apple or Google's podcast app. You can find links to uh, our Facebook live stream, our podcast, and more at arabtalkradio.com. All right. Happy New Year, everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you, you next week. You've been listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. We'll see you next week. Thank you.